Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. This is series two, episode 80, and I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, as always. Uh, we are going to uh, conclude our study of Jacob's um, copy of Zenos's Allegory of the Olive Tree today. Uh, we are on March the 16th to March the 22nd, Jacob chapter 5, verse to, uh, to chapter 7, the Lord labours with us. And this is covering the section in the personal scripture study, Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Vineyard. So yesterday we left it just at the close of the great apostasy. And there's an intriguing discussion between the servant and the master in verses 48 to 50 of Jacob 5, where the servant gives the reasons why the fruit has all turned evil uh, in this or in this stage. Although I, I should make a comment, actually. Um, I was listening to a podcast called The Scripture Study Project, which I strongly recommend. Uh, and it does make a very good point Um that whilst in this allegory uh, it does outline all the fruits has become evil, we should be careful as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to imply that that means that there was no good people on the earth at this time. There were many great people, Christians, non-Christians, many wonderful people at this time. Uh, and so this shouldn't uh, suggest that all the people were wicked on the earth, but perhaps that they did not all have the um, the, the, the fullness of the gospel. That would That would be true to say. Uh, so we should be careful with that. But uh, the Lord says uh, at this stage to go down and uh, hew down the trees and cast them into the fire. Uh, but then in verse 50, the spirit, the servant of the Lord, which we believe to be, you know, the, the kind of leading prophet at whichever phase of time this is, says spare it a little longer. And the Lord decides to spare it longer because of that. I just thought that was interesting that it seems that the pro the, the, that the servant uh, is counselling the master as to what to do. And I just find it interesting that that is a dynamic that is there within this allegory. wonder if anyone has any thoughts on that, <clears throat> then please share it on the Facebook group uh, or email me LDS study session. I'd love to hear it. But there is actually a question that I do have that I don't have a particular answer for. Uh, and that is based in verse 54. So we know that obviously... Um, the idea in this uh, fourth visit is to gather back uh, the the branches of the original olive tree back into the olive tree that it came from. And we know that this represents the gathering of Israel from its um, placed, purposely placed, scattered places. Um, but, and if, and if you're wondering why I said it in that way, then listen to uh, yesterday's podcast. But, um, or oh, I think actually it was two days ago now, I, I spoke about that. Um, but what is interesting is... Um, that the branches of the original tree uh, were brought back, but then the branches of the tree um, that is currently in the original tree go back to where they originally went. Now, I mean, this could just simply be for the purposes of the allegory that in order to have, to have space for the branches of the original tree, you have to send back the ones that that came from that from those other trees. Um, but you know, I just wonder why that point is specifically made. I mean, we're talking about the gathering of Israel into one. So why are we talking about branches being sent away from the house of Israel to away places? Um, it isn't because of those people that reject the message and, and decide to go away from that tree. Firstly, because we know that the other trees produce good fruit uh, after this uh, phase. Uh, and we also know that, 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 that there are actually branches that are plucked out and cast into the fire. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, you know, I just think it's interesting that, you know, I, I, it's a question I don't have an answer for. Why why are the branches of the, you know, um, 
other trees which are currently in the original tree go back to the, to where they came from when we're talking about a gathering together if, into the house of Israel. Just a question. If anyone has an answer, please share it at mattsroberts90 on Twitter, email ldsstudysession at gmail.com or follow the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'd love to hear your thoughts because I am I'm not too sure at this stage what the answer is to that. But as I mentioned in verse 58, there is also uh, some work that goes on through this um restoration of the gospel in verse 58 it says and we will nourish again the trees of the vineyard and we will trim up the branches thereof and we will pluck from those trees those branches which are ripened that must perish and cast them into the fire now we have to be careful that we are not part of these branches that are ripened because i guess the first thought is that they are branches that will not yield any good fruit that have lost all hope and that would be many people uh, but it's interesting that they are ripened which suggests that they were good at one time but now they are past their their kind of ability to produce good fruit. It suggests that they could be believers of the of Christ that go away from Him, uh, which you know could be any of us. So we need to make sure that we don't ripen too much as a as a branch, I suppose. Um, so what is interesting as well at this stage in verse sixty one to sixty two, it says this: Wherefore go to and call servants that we may labor diligently with our might in the vineyard, that we may prepare the way that I might that I may bring forth again the natural fruit, which natural fruit is good and the most precious above all other fruit. Wherefore let us go to and labor with our might this last time, for behold the end draweth nigh, and this is the last time that I shall prune my vineyard. A number of things to pick out from this. Uh, first of all, that there are servants called. Uh, and I find it interesting that um, this is the first time uh, within this allegory that there are multiple servants called. It suggests to me that this restoration of the gospel, this phase that we are currently now living, is a unique time in the sense that there isn't just one servant who is called by the Lord to, to do the work, but there are multiple servants outside of the ones that are called by the Lord. Um and I guess we have to be careful again, because there are there were obviously times where, for example, in the time of Christ, that he had multiple messengers and people called, such as the disciples and so on. But it just has a sense that this is a very unique time in the sense that there are multiple people. Don't forget, this is Zenos writing this before even Christ came. So he was given this specifically um, as a as a time where there would be multiple servants that go diligently with the Lord to prepare the vineyard. Um and we are invited to be part of those servants. And so it suggests that this is a time where the greatest work and effort is put forward by the Lord and, and his followers to make this happen. Um, I just thought, thought that was interesting. Brent H. Nielsen uh, said this, quote, The Saviour's call is to you of the rising generation. He is asking for worthy, prepared, faithful young men and young women who will heed the prophet's call, who will step up and say, as the Saviour himself said, Here am I, send me. The need has never been greater. The field has never been whiter. You are called to go this last time. There is no greater work. There is no greater call than teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Close quote. I suppose that this suggests that these servants are specifically set apart full-time missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which I'm perfectly okay with, and that would make sense because I suppose that there has never been such a great such a huge uh, missionary service um, conducted uh, by the by the Lord's Church at this time, which kind of makes that has makes that more sense. Um, yeah, so that that is you know an important point to make. We then go further 
uh, and in verse 64, uh, it says, Wherefore, dig about them, and prove them, and dung them once more, for the last time, for the end draweth nigh. And if it be so that these last grafts shall grow, and shall bring forth natural fruit, then shall ye prepare the way for them, that they may grow. Elder, Elder Geoffrey R. Holland commented on, commented on this, saying, quote, Clearly this at one moment is hard, demanding, and at times deeply painful work, as the work of redemption always is. There is digging and pruning, there is watering and nourishing and pruning. Sorry, there is digging and dunking, there is water and nourishing and pruning, and there is always the endless approaches to grafting, all to one saving end, that the trees of the vineyard would thrive exceedingly and become one body, the fruits being equal. It has always been the work of Christ and his disciples in every dispensation to gather them, heal them, and unite them with their master. Close quote. Uh, so this great work um, all leads, obviously, to the, to the millennium, where the fruit is gathered in, the um, the bad or the you know the natural branches are left to thrive and grow and exceed beyond their capacity, and the um, the wild branches are to be plucked off and cast away. Um, and the question does is raised, you know, why did um, Jacob share this allegory that Zenos wrote? Why did he spend the painstaking time it will have taken to to etch in the the words of this uh, allegory that is so long and longer than any any section of the Book of Mormon, although I suppose that, um, you know, we should be careful not to categorize the parts of the Book of Mormon into the chapters that they've been put in for these chapters were not put in originally, uh, but it is certainly the, the longest uh, chapter we have today. So why would um, this, you know, be, be put in here? Um, and I suppose it comes down to the fact, uh, uh, to what Jacob says in Jacob 6 verse 5, which again, is kind of really part of this. It's the end of the allegory, but it's part of Jacob's discussion of it he says wherefore my beloved brethren I beseech of you in the words of soberness that ye would repent and come with full full purpose of heart and cleave unto God as he cleaveth unto you and while his arm of mercy is extended towards you in the light of the day harden not your hearts um, we need to understand that the Lord is uh, is willing to forgive that he has this this plan for us um, that you know he will support and bless us Robert L. Millett um, said this, um, quote, This supernal message is echoed in all scripture. If there is a central message that comes through the allegory of Zenos in the Book of Mormon, it is that Israel's God simply will not let Israel go. Jacob comments prophetically on that lengthy allegory, and how merciful is our God unto us, for he remembereth the house of Israel, both roots and branches, and he stretches forth his hands unto them all the day long. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, I beseech of you in words of soberness that ye would repent and come with full purpose of heart and cleave unto you uh, unto God as he cleaveth unto you. What is true of a nation is equally true of individuals. Few of us in this life will through our sins place ourselves beyond the pale of saving grace. Close quote. I think that um, this is such an important message and it's a message that is reflected and echoed through all scripture. That is why Jacob wants to share it with his people. It is the message that God will save Israel, that God and well, specifically our savior will redeem his people and save and bring together all things into one in him in the last days and through to the millennium. But more importantly, there is the personal message of personal redemption that this is a clear message in this allegory and one which we should heed and hold fast to. 
Thank you for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, study of this allegory over the past few days. We've got a couple more things to cover over the next couple of days, so stick with us uh, through Jacob chapter 5 to chapter 7, and we will uh, hope to learn together. Please answer, if you can, my question, or discuss anything you've been uh, studying together. Uh, as Again, session at gmail.com, and join the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'd love to hear from you and learn from you as well. Thank you for listening, and until we meet again.